many were here last week? All right, last week my, my faith was charged, my battery was, was, was charged to the max when I left this place. And I was just uh, Monday, Tuesday, just filling the presence of the Lord and just was just uh, enjoying what, what, what's going on. And I believe that God is up to something. Do you believe that in your hearts? Did you come expecting something from the Lord today? Uh, I did, and I can tell you this, I, uh, you know, as the week went on, sometimes life happens, right? Sometimes in the middle of, of, of where you think you're at a highlight or a high point, sometimes things just happen, right? And sometimes they can be as simple as uh, something, something not working in your house or something breaking in your house or something breaking on the job that can really kind of put you in a tailspin, but and this week has been a little bit of a crazy week. We've had some things happen here at the church. Nothing, nothing major, but like, like totally major, but just some fixes, things that we have to get fixed. And we've been working on trying to, to get some things fixed diligently and some problems that we didn't realize that we did have. We did have. We did find, thank you, Lord, before they were terrible. And, uh, and so we are, we've been doing that. And it's just been a, a busy week. And in the middle of all of that, okay, as a pastor, sometimes... It's uh, it's I'm like you. I'm human. It's easy to get distracted by what we see physically and what what's going on physically and what doesn't always look like a like a positive thing. And in the midst of that, sometimes that distorts our ability to to hear the voice of God. Uh, and I'm just being real with you today. Uh, anybody else the same way? I, I, I That's me. OK. And sometimes when life happens and w I know God is a good God. And I know God's got me in the palm of his hand. I understand that, and, and, I, and I believe that in my life. But sometimes life just happens, and sometimes it just is distracting. That's just it. That's just it. And I want to just talk to you guys for just a few moments. And I felt like in the middle of all this, God reminded me of something this week, that, that he is always speaking. Even when I don't realize it, he's always speaking. And so in, in the midst of that, I want to talk to you guys today on, on this simple subject of <clears throat> his voice. Everyone say his voice. All right. His voice. And uh, uh, how many find it frustrating when you're trying to, have you ever tried to talk to someone uh, maybe in the car um, and maybe you're like me, you're getting older and, and you, uh, you know, you have to turn the radio down to concentrate, Right. I used to be the opposite. I turn the radio up as I get a little bit older. I'm like, I, I gotta pay attention here. So I turn the radio down as if that's gonna help me focus somehow. I guess it's one little less thing. But how many have ever been in the car and someone's trying to talk to you and the radio goes up a little bit too loud? You can't really understand what they're saying. It's a little bit frustrating. You're like, I don't know. Or if you're like me, I'm talking to my kids and they have their AirPods in in the back seat and I'm been talking to them for about five minutes and then. Oh, Dad, were you talking to me? Yeah, I was talking to you. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, and, and, and that happens. And this happens time to time in my life. Um, sometimes I will be at home, and uh, well, sometimes when I am at home, and Tristan will come in, and she'll talk to me. And sometimes she'll be talking to me, and I'll be on my phone, or I'll be watching TV, or I'll be, I'll be listening to her, but I won't be hearing her. Anybody else? Do that with your spouse. And it's funny because my wife is very good at calling me out when I do that. She's very good because she knows me so well that when I'm sitting there and I'm on my phone and she's having a full-on conversation, 
and I answer yes to a question that is not a yes-no question, that's not what I ask you. You might be like, how was your day? Yes. I'm, I'm hearing her. I, I'm listening to her, but I'm not hearing her. And, and, and she'll, she's always good about it. Hey, hey, babe, I'm talking to you. Um, can you put the phone down for a second? Then I, then I have to go, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. My priorities were messed up here. What did you ask me? And then so yeah, I, I hopefully I, I'm, I'm, I hope that I'm the only person that does that. But maybe you've, you've done that. And, and us men sometimes in our lives, we, we do that. But um, oftentimes in our life, we say that God's not speaking to us when, in fact, he is speaking to us. But the problem in our walk is not if God is speaking to us, it's if we are listening to what God is saying. If we are hearing what God is saying. And I believe that God is always speaking. If you have your Bibles, we're, uh, we're going to jump here. We're, go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Um, I'm going to read this verse in Revelation. If you don't know where Revelation is, go to the maps, go left. There you go. Uh, Revelation chapter 3, I'm going to read this one, but, but find 1 Samuel chapter 3 and put the finger there and then go to Revelation. And when you, when you have both of those, I'm, I'm make it really hard on you guys. When you have both of those, say, I got it, Pastor. Yeah. Some of you have your phones. Yeah, you can't do that with your phones, huh? If you had your Bibles, you could mark both places. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. All right. All right. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Let me repeat that again. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, catch that? If anyone what? Hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Now, Jesus here in Revelation, he's talking to, to one of the churches, okay? He, this is a very, very popular verse. Uh, but Jesus, he's talking to believers here. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to believers here, okay? And just so you know that. In other words, the question is not whether, it, whether Jesus is speaking. The question is whether or not we are listening and hearing. That's it. And I was reminded this week as I was going about, and it seemed like, uh, you know, and, and like I said, nothing bad, but enough to get my mind where I was, was kind of a little bit off focus. And, and in the middle of that, God reminded me of even in these little things that we think are, that, that are piling up to a mountain, God's like, I'm still speaking. I'm still speaking to you. Um, and here's the thing. We know that God's voice is powerful. Powerful. Psalms 29 tells us his voice moves mountains and clears forests. He speaks and galaxies are born and light is separated from darkness, right? When he created the earth. He, he, he does those. God's voice is powerful. Uh, and, and also the oceans stop at the shorelines because God tells them to. God tells them. God tells them where to stop and where to go. And the winds and waves obey his voice. You remember the story, Jesus calms the storm, the, the wind and the waves obey his voice. And, th and this is what we know. Uh, is, and, and again, the question is not if he's speaking, but are we listening? Look at your neighbor and say, are you listening? 
I just want to make sure you guys weren't asleep on me, okay? And I can tell you this. Even now, there are people in this room talking besides me. Oh, everyone's like, not me, pastor. Someone just went. No, there are people in there are people in this room talking right now. Did you know that there are sports commentators and there are D, uh, radio DJs and there are news voices and people from all kinds of waves and frequencies going through this room right now? You know why you can't hear them? Because you're not tuned in to them. Now, if you had a radio, you could turn on the radio and hear that DJ. If you had a cell phone, you, someone could call you and you could connect to them, right? So right now in this room, there are waves, radio waves, TV waves, whatever they're called. You may be smarter than me. You can say whatever kind of waves they are. I don't know. But they are moving in this building, whether you know it or don't realize it. Words are going all over the place. Okay? And it's not if they are speaking, but it's if we are tuned in. John chapter 10, verse 27 says this. My sheep know my voice. Catch that. My sheep know my, and I know them. I love that. I know God's voice, but you know what else is great? God knows me. And, and I know them, and they follow me. The good shepherd speaks all the time, but are we in tune to his frequency? Today, I want to look at four questions that I believe uh, are, uh, that I believe can give spiritual application to, to hearing God's voice. And we're going to look at this story in the Old Testament. And I love, I love the stories of, of the Old Testament. Before we do that, let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence today. Lord, you've done so much already in this service. But, Lord, I pray today, Lord, that we would have ears to hear. God, and I ask, Lord, that you would just open our hearts and open our minds God, as we, as we go forth, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just reveal your word to us, God, in a fresh way today. Lord, we give you the praise and the glory. In your name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, would you comb your hair today? All right. Just want to make sure you guys are awake on me, okay? 1 Samuel chapter 3. And I love this story. It says this. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And there was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. Let me read that again. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. I want you to catch that first portion. The, the boy Samuel was doing what? Ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no frequent vision. And at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. So I, I want to look at this story of Samuel. And the first question I want to ask you today is this. To whom did God speak? To whom did God speak uh, here? And you say, well, that's Samuel, TJ. But I, I want to point something out. T to whom did God speak? He spoke to a child. He spoke to a child. Okay? And, and, 
in that time and, and in that place, the word of the Lord was very precious to it. It was very rare. Now, I want you to look at something. Now, we know the story. If you don't know the story, I'll give you a little, little backlog here. Samuel was dedicated to the Lord uh, for service by his mother, Hannah. And I mentioned this, I think, a few, few weeks ago. And she, she asked God uh, to, to give her a child. And she said, Lord, if you, if you give me this child, I'll dedicate him. To, so when he got to a certain age, she, she basically gave him to the Lord. And he went and he worked and he did service in the temple. Now, Eli was the high priest at that point. And Eli has his whole set of issues in himself. But, he, uh, and here's the thing. He stayed with Hannah until he was about four, then was given to God to serve the Lord in the temple. And many scholars believe that Samuel was about the age of 11 when this moment happened. And here's what we need to know, okay? And I love this. In the tabernacle uh, was, uh, was an experienced priest named Eli. I told you he was the high priest. And, and he was the guy who was, who was in charge. And here's the thing, and this is what we need to know. Eli may have had of all the seminary degrees, he was definitely more educated than Samuel. And he had definitely had been doing ministry a lot longer than Samuel. But here's the thing. God went to Samuel and not Eli. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting to me. And, and, but he didn't hear God's voice. The Lord bypassed Eli to speak to a child instead. I want you to, I want to point something out. There's something powerful here. And, and this, this goes back to the, to the saying in the Bible, the Bible, uh, you know, if from time and time again, it says this, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. So God picks a child to speak to over the priest. Luke 18, 17 says this, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, like a child shall not enter it. Can I tell you that God loves kids? Do you know God can move through kids? Do you know that sometimes we, we, we separate the kids and we put them, and, 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 and there's reasons sometimes that we do what we do, but can I tell you something? That kids can be as anointed as me and as you. You know, kids can lay hands on you and pray for you. You know who I like when I'm not feeling good to pray for me? Novak. You know why? Because his faith is so pure. And it's so innocent. And really, it, it's amazing because I, I, I love that. So childlike faith. Everyone say childlike faith. Now, I want you to understand something. Childlike faith does not mean childish faith. There's a difference between childish faith and childlike faith. Okay? Childish faith, you know, uh, you know, childish faith is, are the people who have been in the same place over and over and over, and they're never growing and growing and growing. I like what you said today, Sue. We go from faith to faith to faith. We should be growing. I don't want to be in the same spot next year where I am right now. I want to be closer to God. I want to be doing more for God. Childlike faith does not mean shallow faith. It doesn't mean shallow faith. But childlike faith is fully trusting. It's fully trusting. Think about this. Children have an amazing receptivity and expectancy that us adults could learn from. They do. You know what? My, my kids, they don't worry about their next meal. They just know mom and dad are going to provide it somehow, some way. How many wish that you could go back to that? Mom, dad, if you're watching. No, I'm 
And this is what I know. Novak, he doesn't worry about tomorrow. He's living his best life every day. This is my day. This is what I'm going to do. Today, Dad, I'm going to do my schoolwork, and then I'm going to play with my Legos, and then I'm going to go outside and swing for a minute. And then, Dad, if you want to go to town, I'll go to town with you. I'm just going to just, and then we'll eat lunch, and then we'll do this, and then we'll do. He's just living his best life because he knows his father has his best interest at heart. And can I tell you this, that God the Father has your best interest at heart, and all you have to do is approach him like a child and say, God, I just fully trust you. Simple. Simple. So a childlike faith here is, is Samuel was simply living his life and doing what God had called him to do. No questions asked. God, I'm in the temple. I'm here to serve. My mother dedicated me, and I'm here to help Eli, and I'm just doing what you want me to do. So Eli, the priest, he had been around, and, and we'll find out that he had some turmoil in his house, and, and he was old, and he had lost his youthful edge. Are you saying, TJ, are you saying if I'm old, I've lost my youth? No. I'm not saying that because, listen, childlike faith doesn't really have an age on it. We put an age on it, but God doesn't put an age on it. All it is is fully trusting God. That's it. That's really it. Childlike faith doesn't have an age or a number or a cutoff on it. And we've all heard uh, people say after they get older, you know, uh, God doesn't speak to me anymore. You know, I've heard that from people before. Like, God doesn't speak the same way. Why doesn't God speak to us? Maybe you changed. He didn't change. God doesn't change. I'm telling you, God speaks to children because, look, tell me, I can tell you this, because, the, you know, Mary, who was very young in age, probably, you know, most scholars believe 13, 14 years old when she, when she, when, when the Holy Spirit uh, conceived with her and, and Jesus was born, Jesus' mother, tell me, tell that to Timothy, young preacher in the New Testament that, that, that his, that Paul was speaking into his life, was a young man, probably in his late teens, but tell that to King Josiah, eight years old and king. Tell me children can't do anything. Well, let me flip the script on you here. How about Abraham and Sarah? Abraham was 100 years old. Sarah was 80 years old. And God just said, oh, yeah, you're going to have a child. I would have been like, <laughs> you're funny, God. What you see in their life is a childlike faith. God, I'm just going to trust you. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if my body's going to hold up at 80 years old, but, Lord, I'm going to have this child. Someone's saying, oh, gosh, don't prophesy that I'm going to have a child at that age, right? All right. And here's the thing. You've got to retain a childlike expectancy and excitement about the things of God. And, and here's what happens. When we do that, God begins to speak to us. He simply does. This is, uh, this is a simple word, but it's a powerful word. And that's why we have to be like Samuel. So who did God speak to? Not Eli, not the priest, to the child Samuel. You know why? Childlike faith. All right, here's the second question. When did God speak? And I, I, we reread this, and I wanted you to catch this. Uh, when did God speak? When Samuel was ministering. When Samuel was ministering, not only was he a child, but he was ministering that day. 
okay? He's ministering in the temple. The lamp of, uh, verse 3 says this, the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord uh, where the ark of God was. What an awesome picture. What a cool front row place to be for an 11-year-old kid. And you guys say, well, that's not a big deal. But I'm going to tell you, as, as, as an ordained minister, that would have been awesome. So there he is. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, here I am, and ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you have called. But he said, and this is Eli, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord calls again, Samuel. And I like that because God is calling us by name. He knows your name. He doesn't go, hey, you. No, he calls you by name. And the Lord called again and said, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, this is Eli, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had yet not been revealed to him. So when did God speak? When Samuel was ministering. Now Samuel was ministering to the Lord when God spoke to him. Verse 1 tells us that. And he had, he had uh, given the larger portion of his life serving Eli and ministering to the Lord. Now I want to I, I, I give you something today. Now if you're a note taker, you might want to write this down because this is pretty good stuff. Ministering, you're like, boy, you're really good. You're, you're really giving your yourself accolades, Pastor. But listen, this is good stuff. You need to write this down. Ministering to the Lord is different than ministering for the Lord. I want you to look at the verbiage here. Ministering to the Lord is different than ministering for the Lord. There's a difference. There's a difference in ministering to the Lord versus ministering for the Lord. Ministering to the Lord simply means this. It's what we did just a few moments ago. We begin to worship him and him alone. Ministering to him. Okay? That's what we were doing just a few minutes ago. Ministering for the Lord is this. Now, uh, you know, and, and it's not just this, but it's maybe teaching a lesson or maybe preaching or may, uh, preaching a sermon. Maybe it's leading worship. Maybe it's serving as an usher. Maybe it's doing something in the church. You're doing that on behalf of the Lord. You're ministering for the Lord. But ministering to the Lord is drawing near the Lord, and, I, and my favorite Bible verse, James 4, 8, you guys should know this by now, is draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. And when we begin to draw nigh to him, when we begin to minister to him, guess what? He comes close to us. And ministering to the Lord is drawing near to the Lord personally and privately. Because here's the thing, when I minister to the Lord, guess what? I don't have to have everybody in the house. I can do that on my own. It's between me and God. I love corporate worship, and, it, and, and it's important, and, it, and we need it. We need it. We need each other. We need to encourage each other. It's why we're here. But can I tell you something? We can minister to the Lord when we're on our way to work on Monday morning. We can minister to the Lord when we're waiting at that stoplight. We can minister to the Lord when we're waiting to check out at JC. We can minister to the Lord. When we're gathering carts at JC, anytime, any place we can minister to the Lord. Ministry to the Lord is not about what others see, but what the Lord enjoys. And you know what? It's not about what ministering for the Lord is. It's ministering to the Lord. Everyone say, I want to minister to the Lord. And can I tell you this? It is the highest calling in life 
look at me. The highest calling you can have in your life is to minister to the Lord. That's it. That is the highest calling that you can have in your life. I, I, can, I can tell you this. Um, there's a difference uh, in, in, in w- with my wife, and I don't mean to pick on her today, but we're just we're, we're right there. When, when, I, when I, I can tell you when I do something for my wife versus when I want to do something to my wife. So my wife probably loves it when I do the dishes probably happy about that or when I clean the house or when I do my own laundry or when I pick up my clothes off the bathroom floor loves it when I rinse out my coffee cup that I'm not good at she's gonna ask me then she'll ask me if I don't do it can you please do that but I'm doing those things for my wife but there's a difference when I'm doing something for my wife or doing something to my wife because I can go up to my wife and I can just grab her and say hey baby I love you and give her a big kiss we're married, it's okay. Now, she likes when I wash my cup out. She likes when I, when I help with laundry. She likes when I do things around the house. She likes those moments, but I can tell you one thing. She loves the moment when I put my arms around her and I begin to minister to her. There's a difference, okay? There's nothing wrong with, with the other, but, but I'm telling you something. You know what? And when I when I laid when I look into them baby blue eyes of hers, and she looks into my baby blue eyes, and our kids all have baby blue eyes because that's the only way you can have baby blue eyes when you all have blue eyes. Okay, anyway, all right. And when when our blue eyes are staring into each other, and she gives me that smile, and I give her that smile, and I just want to say, "Hey, baby, I love you. You make my liver quiver." <laughs> Best pickup line in the world. Still makes my liver quiver. And then I go Old Testament on her and I say, I love you with all my bowels. Because that was the seat of emotion in the Old Testament was the bowels, just so you know. So. And then she looks at me and says, you, you ruined the moment. Can I tell you this today? Ministering to the Lord is a far, a far higher calling than ministering the world. We've all been called to minister to the Lord. Not everybody's been called to, to come up here and speak. Not everyone's been called to be a worship leader. Not everyone's been called to do certain things. I think you need to get involved where you can get involved and where your gifting is. But let me tell you something. Ministering to the Lord is far more important than ministering for the Lord. God reminded me of that this week. And I, and I love that. And God loves our worship to him. It ministers to him when we are, when we are taking time to know him in an intimate moment. I can change my wife's countenance by how I respond to her or how I, how I come into the room. You know what? We can change God's countenance by how we respond to him. Amen? And so God speaks so often uh, when we are ministering to him. And, and so sometimes we're not hearing him because we're so busy ministering for him that we stop ministering to him. Can we do that right now? Can we just lift our hands in this house? You're like, hey, this is a different moment. Can we just begin to minister to the Lord and say, hey, Lord, we just love you right now. We love your presence. We're so grateful for you, Lord. You are a good God. You've been so good to us. Lord, we don't deserve your, your mercy and your favor over our lives, but, Lord, we, we love you. We love who you are and what you mean to us, and we thank you, Jesus.
you know, one of the characters in the Bible in the Old Testament that understood what ministering to the Lord meant was David. And in Psalm 27, 4, he would say this. He would say, one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, look at this, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, look at this, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. You know what that means to gaze into and to uh, to gaze to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. That means to just simply minister to the Lord. That's 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 it in a nutshell. That's it. So here's the third question. Where did God speak? Now, I I mentioned that that we can have those moments ministering to God. We don't have to be here in the sanctuary, but look 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 at this. Where did God speak? In the tabernacle, in the tabernacle. Verse 8 says this, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose, and he went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Everyone say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Like Samuel, I don't know about you, I grew up in church. I cut my teeth on the back of pews. My parents were pastors. I don't know any other life than church life. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I, I grew up in church, and I don't know any, and I don't want to know any other life but church life. I'm just being real. Uh, I've, I've, I grew up in church so much that sometimes my family life and our church life, there was no separation at, at moments. As a PK, you know what? I feel like everything merged. And that's okay. And that's all right. Uh, but, but I felt like I heard the Lord speak to me. And I remember at a revival service in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, uh, my parents were pastoring. And I remember at a revival service for the first time in my life, at eight years old, going down to the altar and just feeling the presence of the Lord like I've never, never experienced. And I remember asking Jesus into my heart. I remember my little, my little eight-year-old alligator tears, and I just remember lifting my hands and just, just crying and crying right there in front of the Lord because I didn't know what else to do. I just knew what I felt in my heart was real. And I continued to hear from God in my teenage years. And you know my story, how I kind of separated myself and God kind of realigned me in my teenage years. And I remember hearing God in youth group and at church and at Sunday school and at Bible study and at prayer meeting. And here's the thing. You know where I heard all that? At the church. At the church. At the church. Still to this day, I hear God most clearly and frequently right here in the church. When we're together... Uh, there's something, there's something in this place. When we come in like we did today with a heart of expectancy, it's the breeding ground of miracles. I always heard that growing up. When we come in with expectancy, God begins to shake, God begins to move, and God begins to move in our midst. And let me tell you something, it becomes clear. I begin to hear God's voice. And what was cloudy, maybe throughout the week, whatever was difficult, God begins to make clear in this place. It's what, it's what happens. And, and, and still to this day, I hear God the most clearly right here in church. And if you're here, if you're having trouble hearing the Lord, can I tell you this? That church is the place to get your antenna fixed. It is. It is. This is the place to come and get yourself realigned so you can hear what God is speaking. If you're having trouble hearing the Lord, uh, can I tell you this? Netflix will not help you hear the Lord. 
social media will not help you hear the Lord. Matter of fact, your wife might get mad at you if you're looking at social media and she's talking to you. You answer yes instead of what you're supposed to say. The Internet will not help you fix your antenna and help you hear the Lord. And David said, I was glad when they said unto me, what? Let us go into the house of the Lord. And you're here today, and I want to say thank you for coming today. Not because I'm here, but because you're doing something. When you come into this place, you know what? You, whether you realize it or not realize it, you're readjusting your antenna. And let me tell you something. God can begin to speak to you. God can begin to change you. God can begin to do things on the inside of you that will shake you and will move you out of what you, where, where you know. And he wants to build a relationship. He wants to know you. He wants you to minister to him. And he wants what's good for you. Amen? Do you believe that? There's something powerful about when the church comes together and we encourage each other, making melodies with our hearts and, and hearing and applying the word of God. It's amazing how clearly God can speak in corporate worship and in a corporate time. Here's the thing. We, uh, we, when we are hearing and we are tuned into his voice, if you want the Lord to speak to you and give you guidance, be in the temple. And, you know, the scripture tells us uh, every time that, uh, well, th th every time the doors open, you, you should be here. Acts 2.46 says this, that the early church met daily in the temple. And some of you say, oh, man, I have trouble getting here on Sundays. Are you saying I should be here every day? No, not necessarily. But I'm just saying in Acts chapter 2, they had radical faith, but they were moving and, and the church was a priority in their lives. And let me tell you something, they heard from God and miracles and signs followed them. They did those things. Listen, maybe that's your maybe that's your cue. I need to step out a little bit more. I need to be a little bit more connected. Here's number four. Question number four. Why did God speak? Why did God speak? And I'm going to tell you this. The reason that God spoke was because Samuel responded. Samuel responded. Verse 10 says this, and the Lord came and stood calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, listen, when he gets his antenna fixed, look at this. He, and the Lord said this, behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. I pray that your ears are tingling today. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning to the end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he, that he knew. Because his sons were blaspheming God and, and, did not restrain, and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by a sacrifice of offering forever. And Samuel grew. Look at this. Verse 19. Look at this. It uh, says this, jump down to verse 19, it says this, and Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of, of his words fall to the ground. So God didn't speak to Eli, he spoke to Samuel, right? And so he goes to this child, he bypasses Eli, because Eli, had, his house was a little chaotic, he had some stuff going on. And not because Samuel was better, but because Samuel was responsive. You want God to speak to you, you got to be responsive. 
You got to be responsive. When he speaks, you ought to you ought to jump up every time. Three times, three times, Samuel jumped out of bed and ran to Eli, thinking it was him speaking and thinking that it was him calling, only to realize that it was the Almighty God trying to talk to him. Three times, some of us can't even get up if our alarm's going off, our car alarm's going off, right? We just beep beep. But Samuel got up three times. Samuel does something that I think we all, that we often fail to do is he responded to the Lord's voice. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come back, come back up here. And then it didn't matter that he was in bed, but three times he heard and he got up and he investigated. Sometimes when you're, has anyone ever, ever just felt the tugging of the Lord in the middle of the night? Have you, ever, have you ever just been in bed? I mean, some people who, are, who have been saved for, for a while and, and you have a relationship with sometimes God just wakes you up in the middle of the night and you're just like. Are you looking up at the ceiling? Can I just say, can I just say this? When you're in those moments, you ought to say, hey, God, are you trying to speak to me? God, how can I respond to you right now? Lord, are you, are you waking me up? Should I, should I, should I go around the house should I go pray for my kids? Is this a good time to pray for my kids while they're, while they're sleeping and pray blessing over them? Be responsive to the spirit of God. And it didn't matter that he was in bed, but three times he heard and he got up and he investigated. How many times has God spoke, woke you up in the middle of the night? Here's the problem. When God, sometimes when God wakes us up in the middle of the night, you know how we often respond? I'm going to turn on Netflix. I'm going to look at social media. I'm going to go get a cookie might as well get some milk the lord can speak if you if you get a cookie okay there's nothing wrong with that but oftentimes that that's our first thing and have you ever thought god why are you waking me up at two why are you waking me up at 3 a.m and i've wondered i've wondered you know that but but have come to understand that god is finding a moment in my life that i'm the least distracted Guess what? I'm least distracted at 2 a.m. because there ain't a whole lot happening. Right? And, and, and oftentimes, that's the moment God's like, hey, you're not busy. Your mind's not overload. You're not thinking about this. You're not, you're not thinking about, you know, this going on in the church. You're not thinking about this event. You're not this, this. You're not, you know, trying to call this person to see how they're doing. All. But at 2 a.m. in the morning, I can't call people. I mean, I guess I could. You might get mad at me. But God has that moment, and he's like, hey, I can talk to you right now because there's not very much distraction going on. And Eli, though he had the position of a priest, look at this. Eli, though he had the, the position of the priest, Samuel's heart was positioned correctly to receive the word of the Lord. And there's the difference. It wasn't the title that God was looking at. It was the heart. Eli had the title, Samuel had the heart. And that's what God is looking for. And sometimes we're not hearing God because our heart is not aligned, our antenna is not right, and we're just, and, and here, can I tell you this? God is constantly speaking. It's just if I have my ears open and I'm listening. Have you ever prayed and there have been, you know, the, the glass ceiling, you feel like your prayers are going nowhere. And sometimes, you know, you feel that way. But I've learned that if I, if I cut out things in my life, if I slow down and I say, hey, God, I'm, I'm going to set this time aside. 
One of the best things I can do is take this device right here sometimes. I'm just saying. And sometimes I'm not hearing God because sometimes I'm too busy worried about what's happening with that device and what's, what, what notification I'm getting and this and that. But it's crazy. If you, if you disconnect from that, for I didn't mean to go there, but I'm going to go there because it's a real, real issue in our hearts. Sometimes we're so connected to that, we haven't left any room to be connected to him. Well, what if someone calls me? Don't do what they did in the 80s. You call them back later. I don't know how we live without cell phones. Here's what we need to know. When we hear from God, we need to respond. Respond to the Lord. Respond to the Lord. And here's the question that I have for you as a body of believers. And I know this is different. I know last week we were charged by the baptisms. And we talked about I'm not being ashamed. But let me tell you something. There's some relevance. There's some growth in this right here. There's some truth to this because guess what? I can proclaim, hey, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. But guess what? I also need to hear what God is speaking. How will you respond? Will you be like Samuel? Will you have childlike faith? Will you be ministering to the Lord in the tabernacle daily and responding to his voice when he calls? Will you be like Eli? Maybe you have the title. Maybe you have the position. But your heart's not right. You say, I haven't responded because I haven't been tuned into the right frequency. And most of the time when we haven't been tuned into the right frequency, we know that his voice is there. We just don't respond to it. Listen, I know the radio is out there. Guess what? If I don't have a radio and turn it on, I'll never hear what's on the radio. And it's the same thing with the Lord. He's talking. We just got to get the frequency right. Maybe this. You say this. I've been so busy ministering for the Lord that I neglected to minister to the Lord. Now, listen, I'm talking to all the church staff and people here, all the workers. You've been so busy doing for the Lord that you forgot to minister to the Lord. My personal relationship with Jesus is important to me. And your personal relationship with Jesus should be important to you. And it should be so important to you that nothing else trumps that. Lord, I love doing the work of the Lord. I'm glad that he's called me to do what I do. But guess what? My number one priority as a believer, I'm a believer first, okay? I'm not a preacher first. I'm a believer first. And my number one priority as a believer is to minister to him. I love ministering to you. I love ministering for, for the Lord. But can I tell you something? My number one priority is to minister to him. And if I am not hearing him, that's the first place I need to check. Maybe you say this, I haven't heard his voice because I've neglected the temple or I've neglected coming to church and I just haven't been around God's people and I haven't heard God speak. But can I tell you something? God speaks most frequently in, in moments like this. You know why? Because the atmosphere has been set. We came in, we worshiped together, we had unified worship, we sang the same songs, we magnified God, and, and, and the atmosphere is set. Let me tell you something, God can speak in those moments. Even if your frequency is a little bit off, God can speak to you in these moments.
moments. And one, one thing I love about our church is during worship, how people come down here and they just exalt the Lord. And they're not worried about anything. But you know what that tells me is that, guess what? They're getting their frequency right. God, I'm going to come and minister to you. I'm just going to come love on you. They're here. Here's the last thing. I, have, I haven't heard his voice because simply I have not responded to his call. Listen, you have to respond to the call of the Lord. It's a two-way street. The Lord gives us free will. And let me tell you something. You have to respond to him. He's not going to make you come. He's going to, to call. He's going to call you. He's going to woo you. But that you have the choice. And here's what happens. I've become so callous. Like Eli, I've become so calloused at moments that I no longer respond when he speaks. Let me tell you something. You're, on, you're in a dangerous place. You ought to pray. Hey, God, can you help my calloused heart? Can you help me? I, I've, I've actually learned to tune the Lord out, and, and, and I, need, I, need, I need forgiveness for that. If you'll bow your head with me.